The Secret Prince, Chapter 6 Where is this boat? asked Ronduin, as he and Sir Andrew descended the spiral staircase. You've been looking at it since you were a baby, said Sir Andrew, laughing. Now they rounded a curve. There should have been five more steps to the landing, but instead Ronduin looked at water. Floodwaters had risen to cover the bottom steps, and, as Ronduin looked out toward the wide open doors of the great dining hall, he saw water everywhere. Peering through the dimness, he could see that the long table and the velvet-covered chairs were missing. No doubt they had been carried to the second floor. Instead of the usual furniture, Ronduin was surprised to see that scaffolding had been set up to hold planks that led from into the dining hall. The scaffolding did not reach the stairway. Instead, long, single, narrow boards board was supported by a step on one end, and the platform the scaffold made on the other end. Sir Andrew said, Wait until I cross. The board sagged as he crossed it, but he kept his balance, and, stepping onto the more stable platform, he turned to Ronduin and said, Now you walk across. Ronduin moved quickly across the narrow plank with grace and ease. Together they walked down the wooden pathway that crossed the entry hall and through the open doors into the dining hall. This wooden pathway over water reminded Ronduin of the docks he had visited at the seashore. But, he thought, this is not the same at all. There should not be a dock in the great dining hall. And then there it was tied to the makeshift dock, a big green rowboat. Ronduin looked at the boat, and then he looked up toward the high ceiling, remembering that once a green boat hung high above the room held by stout ropes. He had always thought the boat was a decoration. Now he realized it had a purpose. The ropes that once held the boat hung slack from the ceiling, and the green boat floated by a dock where there should have been a long banquet table. "'In you go,' said Sir Andrew, taking Ronduin's hand so he could step across the water into the green boat. Ronduin sat on the thwart, and Sir Andrew stepped into the boat and picked up one of the two oars that lay in the vessel. "'Can you untie us? Then we'll be off across the small sea,' said Sir Andrew, smiling. Ronduin untied the rope, and then Sir Andrew used the oar as a pole to push the boat out the great doors into the hallway toward and the bottom of the stone stairs. Here he pivoted the boat and pulled the craft backwards to the bottom step. Now, Ronduin, please step out and hold the boat in place. There seems to be no place to tie the boat except for that wobbly board, and I fear that if we tied to the boat, the boat would pull it into the water and they would both float away. So holding the boat will be your job while we get people and supplies on board. Stepping off the boat onto the stairs, Sir Andrew said, Hold tight, I'll be right back. And then he was bounding up the spiral stairs and soon out of sight. Ronduin sat alone on the cold, damp stone step, holding the transom of the green boat. Sir Andrew's footsteps, at first loud, became softer softer until Ronduin heard the creaky opening and closing of the heavy oak door at the second floor landing. Light filtered through small windows in the stairwell. 
brightening the surface of the water that had transformed the ground floor of the castle into a small lake. Rondouin felt as if he were in a dream. Nothing about sitting on a step holding a rowboat from floating away inside the castle felt familiar. Yet even as the dreams in which he could fly or speak with animals made sense as he was dreaming them, somehow this made sense too. Rondouin sat holding the boat for a long time. He didn't decide to start humming and then singing. It just seemed to happen. The sound of his gentle voice echoed faintly off the castle walls. He made up songs about ducks swimming in a circle, about a green boat on a great sea, about the sun coming out and drying the land, and the green grass growing, and the trees budding, and the flowers blooming, about running to the spring festival. And then the door creaked again. This time, the footfalls were softer and slower, and soon his mother stood beside him, her arms very full with a cloth grain bag. Thank you for holding the boat, she said, setting the bag three steps up from Ronduin on a dry area. We are sending all of the villagers home with bags of grains and dried peas and turnips and onions so they and their families will have enough to eat while we wait for dry land to appear. We will send five villagers and their supplies in this first trip. Sounds of voices filled the stairway. Ah, here they come now, she said. Soon the boat was laden with bags and baskets full of food, and five workers stood on the steps ready to board the boat. Sir Andrew stood next to Ronduin, who had continued to hold the boat in place as people loaded their supplies. The first worker had just stepped into the green rowboat when the king's strong voice could be heard high above them booming into the stairway. The storm has returned with great wind and heavy downpours, he shouted. The people standing in the stairway let out a long sigh. Ronduin sighed too. Chapter 7 Sir Andrew and Ronduin stepped into the rowboat, and Sir Andrew pulled it into the dining hall where Ronduin stepped out and tied it to the makeshift dock so it wouldn't float away. Then they walked back over the scaffolding and took turns stepping across the wobbly board that brought them back to the steps. Climbing upward, Ronduin noticed a pile of carrots and onions at the side of the step. Why were these left? asked Ronduin. I'm guessing the person carrying them had full arms, and these were loose, and they didn't have a bag or a basket to put them in, said Sir Andrew. I guess we shouldn't leave them here because someone could trip on them in the dark. I'll take them with me, said Ronduin, who lifted the hem of his shirt to make a pouch and placed the vegetables in it. I'll bring them back when the rain stops and we try again. Returning to the sitting room, Ronduin placed the onions and carrots on the table and opened his mother's sewing box. He removed layers of cloth until he found what he was looking for, a stack of folded plain linen. Ronduin unfolded the cloth and was pleased to discover that it was in three pieces and these pieces could be folded in half to make good-sized bags. Ronduin brought the pieces of cloth and a needle and thread to the window. He sat on the floor, listening to the steady rain, and began to sew. Finishing the first bag, he realized that his legs were stiff. He found his jump rope and jumped while counting. Five, ten, fifteen, twenty, twenty-five, thirty, thirty-five, forty, 
45, 50, 55, 60. After doing this three times, he wondered if he could figure out how to count by sixes. He jumped, and while he spoke the numbers, one, two, three, four, five, and he shouted, six, he continued with seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, with a shout for twelve. Then he continued with thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, and he wasn't sure whether he should shout for eighteen or nineteen. He stopped and counted on his fingers. He wiggled each finger as he said the number. 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. When he came to 18, he had to use the thumb of his other hand. That means it is 18, he thought. Then he realized that he had another bag to make, and he thought, I'll figure out the rest of the numbers tomorrow. Rondouin walked to the table and filled one of the bags with the onions and carrots. He was just finishing sewing the second bag when his father, the king, entered the room with Sir Andrew. There's not enough bags for people who are taking home vegetables, said Rondouin, so I'm making some. Your mother told me we need need more bags, said the king. How many do we need, asked Rondouin. She said she just used up the bags we have, and eighteen people still need a bag, said the king. Rondouin imagined a neat stack of eighteen linen bags. Well, said Rondouin, I'm close to finishing these three. If six more people could sew three bags each, we'll have enough. That's if we have enough cloth. The queen's sewing box doesn't have any more plain cloth. Sir Andrew said, I can look for plain cloth in the storage room and needles and thread, and I think I can find six people who are no longer working. The crew that was carrying things to the second floor is done. I'm not sure they all know how to sew, however. Send them to the new kitchen after supper, said the king. I can teach them, said Rondouin. The king smiled and said, now we have a plan. Now what did Rondouin get wrong about his math? If he made three bags, and he needs 18 bags, and he asked for six more people to make three bags each, what is wrong with that?